If you're among the 10% of women worldwide who suffer with symptoms from polycystic ovarian syndrome, ranging from irregular periods to acne, weight gain, infertility, and more, then lean in as integrative OBGYN Dr. Felice Gersh, author of PCOS SOS, gives us the 411 on how a different approach than you're probably getting at your regular doctor's office just could be the key to healing this disorder for good. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We have a great show for you today. We're talking to PCOS expert, Dr. Felice Gersh, about how to heal this disorder naturally. So whether you yourself suffer with this difficult disorder or you know someone who does, you'll want to stay tuned as Dr. Felice has encyclopedic knowledge on the topic after a lifetime of research working to cure herself. First, I'd like to give a shout out to Jilly Beanie, who recently left this review of the podcast on iTunes. She says, yes, with three exclamation points and five stars. I love this podcast, she puts in caps. Finally, someone who truly understands health from every aspect and has such insightful and educated experts speaking to health on every level. I learn something every episode and am so grateful for the information you provide. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jelly Beanie. If you listen to the show and find it informative, inspirational, or in any way beneficial to your life, I invite you to leave a review on iTunes. It only takes a few seconds and it will help other women needing help to find us. As much as I love podcast emails that you send, please write a review. Right now, there's a woman struggling to find the answers to her health problems that we share on this show. With your rating and review, she will more easily find her way here. Who knows? I might read your review on the next show. Thank you in advance for your support. Today, we're talking about PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I'd like to give you a little background info before Dr. Gersh gets into the details. PCOS affects 10% of the world's female population and is the leading cause of female infertility. With myriad seemingly unrelated symptoms ranging from irregular periods to acne, hair loss, male pattern hair growth, mental health disorders, infertility, miscarriage, obesity, gum disease, irritable bowel, GERD, skin tag, sleep disorders, and more, it remains a conundrum for patients and mainstream healthcare practitioners to properly heal with a traditional symptom management approach that is taken. This disorder deserves a root cause resolution approach, not only to alleviate the chronic symptoms it causes, but also to reduce the long-term consequences of increased risk for autoimmune disease, cancer, heart disease, and more. This is a common condition that I work with clients on with personalized medical care, and I've seen the devastating consequences of PCOS firsthand. As I discussed during the episode, my philosophy of holistic healing is simple. Bad stuff out, good stuff in, balance everything. With PCOS, I always start with an appropriate hormonal evaluation, which means saliva testing of the sex hormones and cortisol, plus an expanded thyroid panel evaluated for optimal thyroid function, not just disease. I find that about 80% of my clients who say that their doctor checked their thyroid function and it was quote unquote normal actually do have low function contributing to their disease. It's just missed by standard tests and measurements. 
The next step is looking at toxicities in the body that contribute to health issues. This starts with evaluating gut function and broadens out to look at all types of toxins in the body, including heavy metals, pesticides, and other environmental chemicals that come from things like your cosmetics, cleaning products, home furnishings, and construction materials themselves. If our bodies are not good at eliminating these toxins because of our genetics, then they build up and clog up the machinery. Our body can't function normally. This is a key factor in developing PCOS, as we'll discuss in this episode. Next, nutritional deficiencies occur in about 90% of women with PCOS, and replacing lost nutritional components such as vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients is vital to healing from PCOS. Lastly, but most importantly, I always evaluate the energetic framework that is allowing PCOS to exist and actually creating the blueprint for it. Based on your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, energetic currents are created in the body that guide behavior of the cells and ultimately the systems. If you've got a dysfunctional system, then there's an energetic blueprint underlying it that needs to be addressed. After all, Dis-ease in the body is a message that something needs to be attended to, not only in the physical body, but also in the spirit, which is that energetic framework, and it encompasses your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. So I always start with uncovering the deeper meaning of the illness. If you're dealing with PCOS, I'd be happy to assist you in untangling the root causes of this disorder with you with a personalized approach and invite you to schedule a complimentary consultation with me by visiting my website, kirandunstonmd.com. I work with people via telemedicine all over the country and would be honored to assist you in your healing journey. So let's get into this episode. OBGYN and integrative medicine physician, Dr. Felice Gersh, offers expertise and hope for women suffering with this draining disorder. Dr. Felice Gersh is a medical doctor who is double board certified in OBGYN and integrative medicine. After struggling with polycystic ovarian syndrome from a young age and finding traditional medical treatments unsatisfactory, she sought answers through integrative medicine and discovered how addressing the root cause of this syndrome could actually heal it. Dr. Gersh now specializes in all aspects of female health with a focus on managing female hormonal dysfunctions and is the author of PCOS SOS, a gynecologist's lifeline to naturally restore your rhythms, hormones, and happiness, and PCOS SOS, fertility fast track. She's here today to open your eyes to the possibility of natural healing from this chronic disorder with its myriad symptoms and that affects 10% of the world's women and is the leading cause of female infertility. Welcome, Dr. Felice. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me to join you. So glad to have you here. We haven't covered the topic of PCOS on the podcast yet, and it's such an important topic because it affects so many women and the symptoms are seemingly unrelated, somewhat debilitating. I mean, they don't land you in the hospital. And I think in your book, you talk about that that because it's not so severe, it probably hasn't been given the attention that it deserves. But that doesn't mean that for the everyday woman trying to live her life, that these symptoms really aren't interfering with her living her best life. So I'm so glad to have you on so we can talk about this topic. And in addition, because you and I are both OBGYNs, we know what the standard medical treatment is, and we know how that just doesn't fix the problem. So I'm so glad to have you here to talk about this. Yes, it is a problem of really enormous magnitude when you consider that at least 10% of all the reproductive age women on the whole planet are being affected by this condition. And it is life-changing. It is what I call the poster child of a medical condition that really links reproductive health and metabolic health. And so it really encompasses all aspects of a woman's life. And it can have really serious medical repercussions, especially as she reaches around age 40 and beyond. Because by age 40, the woman with PCOS has about four times the risk of developing diabetes. So it really 
needs to get some real major focus. That's why it's it's wonderful that we could chat about it today. Yes, the long-term consequences, the increased risk for cancers, autoimmune disease, these are serious and this is another reason why it needs to be addressed, but let's back up to the beginning because some people listening, if they have PCOS, they know what it is and they're excited to hear what we're going to talk about, but there are probably a lot of people who have no idea. So I want to give them an idea. So let's start with what is PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome? Well, its name derives from the ultrasound picture that many of the women with PCOS have. So they have these tiny little follicles that encompass the rim of the ovary. So we call sometimes a ring of pearls. That's what it kind of looks like on an ultrasound. And what they are are they're recruited follicles that never get to ovulate. So every month when a woman has a normal menstrual cycle and she doesn't become pregnant, she begins the cycle with recruiting a lot of these follicles. And they all line up and they say like, pick me, pick me, and I wanna be the chosen one that ovulates. And then this amazing thing happens. And one of those eggs gets chosen and gets ovulated. And then the other follicles regress and they like shrivel up and disappear. In women with PCOS, they do not ovulate regularly. And this hormone called anti-mullerian hormone is in high quantities and it doesn't get shut down the way it should. So it keeps recruiting more follicles. So you keep getting all of these little follicles that ring the ovaries. And a lot of people don't understand like, well, what's happening? Why is that even occurring in these women? Well, that's where it gets really complex. And that's why it really doesn't get the attention it deserves because it can encompass many different medical specialties because it involves really every organ system. So now we know that PCOS has a genetic link, although we don't really define it by a particular gene. But we know that the hereditary component is very, very powerful. About half of women who have PCOS will have a first degree relative with PCOS. And even when the moms of women with PCOS say, I didn't have PCOS, we know they have about a 60% higher risk of developing diabetes themselves. So there is this underlying risk in this genetic link. But in ancient times, it was okay because what happened was you had mild infertility, just mild. So instead of maybe having eight babies, they would have four or five in their lifetime, which actually was an advantage because they had more time with each child, less threat of maternal mortality from having so many children. So it was actually a benefit. But now what's happened with this little problem, because what it is, is the conversion of testosterone to estrogen in the ovary. A lot of people don't know. All estrogen comes from androgen. So in the ovary, the male, but actually also female hormone, testosterone is converted into estradiol in the ovary. And this process doesn't happen as efficiently in women with PCOS. So women in ancient times had a little bit higher testosterone level, and that actually wasn't so bad. It wasn't so much to give them acne and facial hair and all the other problems that women have, losing their hair on their head, like in like male pattern baldness. What it did was make them a little bit more muscular, maybe a little bit more you know, like forthcoming, maybe they're the leaders of their, their tribes. So they were maybe powerful women. And now what's happened because of our change in diets, because of the endocrine disruptors that we're exposed to, these chemicals, and the one most researched is the plastic one, BPA, which is also found in can liners and receipts, you know, cash register receipts. Because of exposure to this, it has altered the way that women's hormone receptors work, particularly estrogen. So basically, the, a lot of processes are not happening properly because the estrogen is not produced enough and the estrogen is not functioning well. And so that leads to this sort of downward spiral of more inflammation, insulin resistance, gut problems, and then that leads to inflammation that leads to mood problems, more and more infertility. And when you have insulin resistance, which is part of the process of when you have chronic inflammation, which is basically in all women with PCOS, even the thin ones, which is a minority of them, what happens is that that drives even more testosterone production. So it is a complex condition that involves overproduction of testosterone, 
underproduction of estrogen, infertility, and many metabolic dysfunctions. Right. And so at its core is this sex hormone imbalance. And there are many factors going in to cause that, but then there are many sequelae from that imbalance. And so really at the core of the healing, the root cause is to get those hormones <laughs> in balance. But because there's so many inputs, you have to address all of them. So it really requires a comprehensive approach. And so talk about, because I know you and I both practiced OBGYN for many years, and let's talk about the standard of care in medicine for treatment of PCOS. Let's talk about how deficient that is. <laughs> yeah, it saddens me greatly, the <laughs> conventional approach. Because PCOS at its foundation, like you said, there's this problem with the way hormones are produced and the way they're utilized by the body. So it's a real hormonal imbalance. So what happens in our modern day medicine is when hormones are not working properly, the ovary is not producing them properly, the solution is shut down the ovary, get rid of that ovary. You know, we don't, we don't want to really surgically remove it, so we chemically suppress it. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening. Birth control pills are the mainstay treatment. And what birth control pills do, they, they're talked about as, we're going to give you birth control pills to regulate your cycle. They're not regulating the cycle, they're shutting it down. Now, it wasn't working so well before, but now you have no chance because it's just completely shutting down ovarian hormone production and replacing it with chemicals that actually, if you go to the NIH websites for toxicology listings, they're listed as endocrine disruptors themselves. So you're giving chemicals that would never naturally be found in the female body. You're completely eradicating the normal, beautiful rhythms, which when birth control pills were first invented, nobody even understood rhythms. Nobody understood really what it meant to have a lunar rhythm of hormonal cycling or a circadian, a daily cycle. And everything in the human body we now know is always in motion. Everything is in some kind of a beautiful rhythm. Well, the birth control pills get rid of all of that. So birth control pills, as most people know, would not be prescribed to women who have high risk for cardiovascular disease, like smokers, or a woman who just had a heart attack, or women with uncontrolled high blood pressure, that type of thing. If someone had a pulmonary embolism, a blood clot to their lungs, we wouldn't say, oh, quickly, let's put them on birth control pills, because those are all risk factors that can be aggravated by birth control pills. And women with PCOS have heightened risk for blood clotting. They have heightened risk for hypertension, for vascular dysfunction, for insulin resistance, all the things that birth control pills can actually increase the incidence of. So they should really be put in that, I would call it protected group, the group that should actually not be prescribed birth control pills. And yet that's the mainstay treatment. And then the other treatment would be metformin. So I'm not going to say metformin is an evil drug, but whenever they've done studies comparing metformin and lifestyle, well, guess what? Lifestyle always wins. So why aren't we utilizing lifestyle? Well, the, the answer that's usually given is people won't change. People won't do it. I think it's really insulting to say to women, well, we're just not going to, we'll assume that they won't do anything to help themselves. So we'll just put them on this drug. And actually, very interestingly, metformin is an, a nutrient depleter. It depletes the body of vitamin B12 and others. And a lot of times people don't even know that. And it actually is toxic to kidneys. So it's a nephrotoxic drug. And that's why it's not given if you have really, if you have kidney failure, you have to be careful. And also it's officially listed as an endocrine disruptor itself. So metformin is so hugely prescribed because it's given to diabetics, pre-diabetics, not just women with PCOS. And so it's getting into our lakes and rivers in huge quantities, like other pharmaceuticals. It's really environmental disaster that's not getting any attention. And so environmental scientists are looking at the effects of these drugs. And one of the ones they've looked at is metformin on animals in the wild and particularly aquatic sea life. And what they're finding is terrible stuff. You know, it's altering the way that these animals are behaving, their sexual function, the development of sexual organs in the wildlife. And it's officially now been recognized as an endocrine disruptor. So that's really very frightening because they're giving this drug to women throughout their pregnancies as well. 
if they do get pregnant, and you know, a lot of times women will get pregnant, even though it's a very high association with infertility. And then they're giving this drug, metformin, throughout pregnancy as if it's fine, but actually it's not fine. In fact, the data shows, and when in published studies, that it doesn't actually do what they hoped it would do, like lower the incidence of gestational or pregnancy-related diabetes. It does not lower diabetes in pregnancy. It does not lower the incidence of pregnancy-induced hypertension. It doesn't lower the incidence of preeclampsia, toxemia. It doesn't do any of those things. The only thing it did was a very slight, like one-week difference in preterm labor, which was really iffy, borderline. And so it really doesn't make sense to give that drug. And what they've now found is the children of women who are on metformin throughout pregnancy have metabolic dysfunction themselves and by age four have higher levels of body fat, visceral inflammatory fat on their little bodies compared to other children. So it's, it's altering the way their own genes are being expressed in the children. So, and then the last drug that's the mainstay is spironolactone. So that's a drug that was just found sort of by serendipity to impact the way testosterone works on the skin. So in some women, it can somewhat reduce acne or the facial hair or hair loss, which are these terrible symptoms that women get that are really affecting the quality of their lives, their self-esteem because of the high levels of testosterone. So it does have that benefit, but it's also labeled it's, and the way it came into being was as a what's called potassium-sparing diuretic. So it actually is what they call like a water pill. It helps you to eliminate fluid from your body, but it doesn't eliminate potassium like other water pills, diuretics. But it was found to have this other interesting effect on testosterone on the skin. But it also is listed as a major teratogen. What that means is that it taken during pregnancy, it can cause horrible, horrible birth defects in a baby that's developing. So that really worries me because any drug that interferes with the way the fetal development is, it's interfering with things like folate metabolism, methylation. It's interfering with DNA development. And I worry we're giving these drugs that we know are major birth defect forming drugs and we're giving them to young women. What does that really mean for the long haul, because nobody's looking at, what does this mean 20 years later? What are we doing to these abilities in their body for these processes like methylation and relating to their own DNA? So I really feel like it's time for a change. These are the same routines that have been out there for many years, and none of them, like you mentioned, address any of the real underlying problems. At best, they're dealing with symptom reduction. They're not making the woman healthier. And in fact, they can be exacerbating many of the risks that PCOS present to the women. Right. Traditional treatment is causing more detriment and really not healing us. And of all the symptoms that you can have, there are so many with PCOS. I know you talk about in your book, and I think everyone would appreciate hearing how you became so interested in PCOS at a young age. What was going on for you? I had irregular periods really from the get-go. And I, I was a late bloomer. I was almost 15 when I got my first period. And then it just didn't come back. And then it came back and then it didn't come back again. And then I developed acne. Oh, it was so dreadful. And I thought, well, it's teenager, you know, teenage acne and it will get better. And then I went off to college and it didn't get better. And then I actually went off to medical school and then my period stopped altogether. It had just been coming sporadically. So it had been two years since I had a period and I had terrible acne. I know I didn't know what to do because it was, you know, nobody really understood much. I went to a dermatologist. They had nothing really to offer. I thought I'm not cleaning my skin well enough. I thought I'll use alcohol to kill the bacteria and then my skin would crack, but it would still be full of, you know, pimples and cysts. And so it was so discouraging. So I went to one of the leading OBGYN faculty members at medical school where I was at USC. So I went and I said, doctor so-and-so, you know, something is really wrong with me. And he said, well, who cares about your period? Women don't even like having their period. Just go on birth control pills. And I said, but I would like to have a baby, you know, in the future. He said, well, you can go on fertility drugs. 
And he said, you know, the birth control pills will be good for your skin too. And it's like, oh, I tried it. You know, I was obedient and it made me feel really sick, but I tried it for a while. Then I just gave up on it. And I then I decided to go into OBGYN myself. And I think that happens to a lot of us. We go into a field that we sort of identify with because it's like, Something is wrong, and I want to understand what's wrong with me, and I want to help other women that also have problems. And so I went on my own little personal journey, and it was through reading and research, because nobody was even thinking, because I was very thin at the time, and nobody was thinking, oh, this young woman doctor has PCOS. So I actually had to self-diagnose myself, <laughs> and then, well, my the original doctor was right. I did have to use fertility drugs to get pregnant with my first child. But then I started changing my lifestyle because I was like a conventional person. I ate processed food. I didn't even understand processed food at the time. It was convenient and it was all over the doctor's cafeteria. We had packaged food, packaged muffins, biscuits, bagels, and I would just eat all that stuff because I was in the hospital so much of the time with deliveries. And you know, it was ridiculous when I think back on it. I would drink all that soda and oh my gosh, I don't know how <laughs> I was even alive, but I changed everything. And we started going to farmer's markets. I started doing my own learning about nutrition. And then as we started learning about circadian rhythms, I incorporated that. And then in my own practice, I started seeing more and more women suffering as I had been suffering. The numbers were escalating and it became apparent that the standard American diet, you know, known as the SAD diet, was really contributing to what was going on in women. And now, of course, we understand the gut microbiome is altered in most people, and particularly now it's been identified as being abnormal, or what we call dysbiotic, with the wrong bacteria growing in the GI tracts of women with PCOS, increasing inflammation, toxins coming out into the body through what we call leaky gut. And now we know also, this came out in the late 1990s, that women with PCOS have immune cells that are, we'll say, faster to trigger the release of their inflammatory contents. So it's like a lower threshold that will trigger inflammation as a response to whatever, like the toxin that's leaking out of the gut. So women with PCOS have heightened immune responses and they have more inflammation for the same amount of level of, you know, like we'll say abnormal gut microbiome. Women with PCOS will have a heightened inflammatory response. So women with PCOS at every age tend to be more inflamed and they don't metabolize fat properly. So pretty good at storing fat, not so good at burning fat. So even the so-called lean women with PCOS, if you actually did body compositions, you'd find that they have higher amounts of visceral, this belly type fat that's inflammatory around their internal organs and their middle. So you can't always go by weight. You have to look at body composition. And women with PCOS, because they have really deficiency of estrogen, they're really walking around with a deficiency of estrogen, just like women with menopause, but for different reason, you end up with some of the same effects, which is you have more prediabetes, diabetes, more belly fat. Like women, as they go through menopause, say, what's happening to my body? I'm losing my pretty waistline. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting a muffin top. Well, this is what happens to women with PCOS because now we understand that estrogen is the driver of burning fat, of properly moving glucose into cells, across cell membranes. All of these critical metabolic functions are actually controlled by estrogen, which when you don't have enough, for whatever the reason, those functions are not optimally working. And in women with PCOS, they have all of these issues going on in their bodies. And I had to figure all of this out myself. It's like amazing. I started reading literature from every type of science, like environmental science, veterinary science. You know, you ha I have to look in all the different areas of medicine because when you have estrogen deficiency, every organ in the body has estrogen receptors. So it can manifest with a focus on any organ in the body, depending on that individual woman. So she may, one woman may have more emotional problems. One may have more gut problems. One may have autoimmune and some may have more 
manifestations involving fertility than others. And some are thin, as I mentioned, and others are very, very overweight. So I had to go on this journey. I had to do research. I had to really come up with solutions, not just for myself and for my patients. And because now we know that, for example, in India, I was there two years ago, and they're estimating that close to 40% of women in India now have PCOS, but they don't want to talk about it because they're afraid it will make them like considered undesirable as a marriage partner because of the fertility problems. So just like certain groups are more prone to being diabetic with the standard American diet than others, we now know that in certain cultures, certain ethnic groups, that they are really like just escalating tremendously with the incidence of PCOS with this worldwide epidemic. So it's really, it's become my mission is to help educate and help women all over the world to optimize their health and to enable them to lead the the wonderful lives that they really deserve. Did you know that you can get my personal attention on your medical concerns by scheduling a consultation with me, no matter where you live in the U.S.? Yep, that's right. You'll get the answers that you need when I focus my 20 plus years of experience, board certification and fellowship training in functional medicine directly on your health concerns and identify the root causes of why you're not well and exactly what you need to do to get well. Whether you're suffering with overweight and fatigue, brain fog, hormonal imbalance, IBS or autoimmune disease, hair loss or the big three, high blood pressure, cholesterol and diabetes, I've got answers for you you. You don't have to suffer with chronic health conditions, symptoms, or continuing drug treatments that don't actually fix the underlying problem. There are reasons why you're having the health challenges that you're now facing. We will uncover those reasons together when we work one-on-one with a personalized approach, and I'll lead you through a plan to correct them and get you feeling great in your own skin again. Use the link on my website, Kieran Dunstan, MD, to schedule a 15-minute complimentary phone consultation with me to discover how great your life will be when you conquer your health concerns. Visit KieranDunstanMD.com for more information. That's K-Y-R-I-N-D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D.com. Your brilliant health is waiting. Right. And I just want to highlight a few things that you touched on. I think they're so important for everyone listening to really grasp. You talked about that there are receptors on all cells in the body for estrogen. And I think that in mainstream medicine, we really lead people to believe that all the parts of the body are separate and don't talk to each other and that sex hormones are only about sex, but they're really about your entire health. You have more of these sex hormone receptors in your central nervous system than you do anywhere else, which tells you that it has a lot to do with your your cognitive functioning, your mood, your memory. And I think it's vital for people to grasp that because it really is a paradigm shift from mainstream medicine to an integrative, functional, holistic approach that addresses the root cause of these problems. And just what you're talking about, and you've mentioned lots of different symptoms that can be affected by PCOS. So somebody listening may have irritable bowel and GERD and maybe has depression and anxiety, and maybe they have a weight problem, maybe they're pre-diabetic, and they have irregular periods. But if they're going to their gynecologist and they're just being told, well, you have PCOS, take this birth control pill to regulate your periods, which as you pointed out, shuts it down. And then people say, but I still get a period, but it's an artificial period. It's not Mm -hmm. your body's natural period. It's important to understand. And then they go to the gastroenterologist because they have irritable bowel and then they go to the dermatologist because they Mm -hmm. have acne and they go to the psychologist and psychiatrist because they have depression and anxiety and nobody says hey all these things are related and we need to address it and that's why 
you and I both have kind of gotten the training and evolved to practice this type of integrated functional holistic medicine that really looks at the body as a whole and gets to the root causes of the dysfunction and then heals them naturally. So let's start talking about some solutions. I think we've done a really good job of outlining the problem and you do it beautifully in your book, but if you could give the high level view of what needs to happen for somebody to start healing from this, I think that would be fabulous. Absolutely. So yes, I have a like a seven step program, but if we just look at some of the key points, one is we have to help the gut. So we know that in functional medicine, even in Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, it always comes down to having a healthy liver because that's the master of detoxification and having a healthy gut because that's how you get nutrients. And people have forgotten why we eat, right? We don't eat primarily for entertainment. So that's what it's become. We, we don't? For, well, <laughs> a lot of people do. And I actually had to go to dictionary.com to look up the definition of food because I would see people eating stuff and it's like, is that even food? Well, the answer is actually, it doesn't meet the diagnosis of food. It doesn't make it as food. It has to be nutritious. It has to be healthy. So we need to get back to basics, what we call farm to table, like cut out that middleman. You do not want chemicals. I mean, it still mystifies me. Who thought putting chemicals in our food was a good idea? It's so weird. It's so crazy. it is not a good idea. So you want to find your local growers. If you have a farmer's market to buy directly from your growers and get to know them. If not, then find, you know, the markets that are selling organic produce and try to get to know the some of the people there so you know what's fresh and where is it coming from and so forth. So you want to have a plant-focused diet. So you want to start out with lots and lots of plants, what we say the colors of the rainbow, because all of these plants have these magical ingredients called polyphenols, and they have antioxidants, and they have fiber. So you know I have to defend estrogen. I also have to defend like root vegetables. I have to defend starch because people th think that starch turns into sugar. But starch, when it's complex in, in its natural form in like root vegetables and whole grains, it actually acts as nutrients and the food for our microbes. They have to do what's called fermentation and they ferment fiber. So if you don't eat enough fiber, you're literally starving out your little bacteria and you're going to have fewer varieties of bacteria, what we call gut microbial diversity, which is so important. So we want to nurture our little friends that live in our gut, those trillions of microbes. So you want to eat lots and lots of plants, lots of fiber, and you want to avoid processed foods. Just doing that is going to be an amazing benefit. The other is to recognize that we evolved with certain things called clock genes. And our bodies are on these amazing timers. So we are actually programmed to be more receptive and handle food best in the morning. And a lot of people are giving out in, you know, well-meaning but misguided advice that people should be fasting through breakfast. And that actually is the time when we're most insulin sensitive, the time of the day when our bodies can bring in the food metabolize it, the glucose from the blood into across the cell membranes into the cells, which will then turn it into the new cell membrane components, into organelles, into energy. It'll do everything that it needs to do to run the cell machinery properly when it gets the food in the morning. So they had a wonderful study out of Israel that was just amazing. It changed everything for me and how I thought about timing. They took women with PCOS and they had them eat two thirds of their food for the day for breakfast and one third for lunch. And then that leaves nothing, but they had like a few bites for dinner, early dinner. In just one month, their insulin and testosterone levels fell by 50% and their precursor to cortisol, which is not good to have high cortisol. A lot of women with PCOS have from stress, they have all this high cortisol. It dropped almost 40%. You cannot lose weight if you have chronically high insulin. Insulin is essential for life, but it promotes fat storage and fat production. So this is amazing. And in addition, the women started resuming their menstrual cycles. So timing is everything. So it's what you eat, and it's when you eat, and it's also when you don't eat. So now we know that 
some others who gave well, you know, intention but wrong advice was to be grazing all day long. So it turns out that if you stop snacking, if you stop eating early, like never eat after after 7 p.m. except if you're, you know, at a big wedding or some special occasion. So try to eat most of your food in the morning. If you just can't eat a big breakfast, well, compromise and make it a big lunch. But try not to eat your biggest meal at night. Try not to eat late at night. And some of this may take willpower because when you have this metabolic dysfunction, your appetite centers are misregulated. And so you end up getting hungry, you like the night munchies. And now we know women with PCOS, they tend to be like night owls in general because their circadian rhythm is flipped. So you have to start working on what we call sleep hygiene. Just work on turning off all your screens, no TV, no computers for two hours before you go to bed and go to sleep between 10 and 11. Make the room really, really dark and cool. I have a fan that is that feels like an ocean breeze on me all night long. I just love it. And you know, I sleep with a sleep mask. You need it to be very dark. If you don't have like blackout shades, get a sleep mask like I have. I have too much light coming in through the cracks around my window shades. So I use a sleep mask. It's really critical to get quality sleep. That's when you do all your healing in your body. You have brain blood flow is maximized. So you have to work on the food you eat, when you eat it, Stop snacking, eat a big breakfast, or if you can't eat a big lunch, don't eat late at night and go to bed and get some sleep and do sleep relaxing things. And then, you know, in my book, I talk about using a light box if you need to, to help with getting your circadian rhythm, because we are diurnal. That means that we are day creatures. We are not nocturnal like bats and owls. We have to recognize that we are programmed to be doing things at different times of the day, and it's not changeable. It's in our genes. So those are like really foundational things. And then, of course, eliminating the chemicals, like I mentioned. Don't eat chemical food. Don't eat processed food. Go for organic. And look at what you use in your personal care products. Women with PCOS tend to have higher body loads, of the chemicals that are surrounding us. When they've measured BPA, for example, in women with PCOS, they tend to maintain higher levels in their bodies. It may be that you know we all have different abilities to detoxify. And some people can get rid of like poisons and our, you know, the different plastics and heavy metals faster than others. So we're always saying in environmental medicine, everyone's born with a bucket. And some people have a giant bucket. They can fill a giant bucket with toxins before it overflows. And it's when it's overflowing that you get sick from these toxins. And some people just genetically are born with a very small bucket, like it's the size of a little you know, waste can, and, and it overflows quickly. And some of the women with the most devastating symptoms of PCOS, we'll say the more severe cases, they actually, if you measure their toxic load, the chemicals in their body, pesticides and herbicides and heavy metals and the different types of plastics and so on, their levels are higher, not because they've necessarily been exposed to more, but maybe their bodies are just not really designed for the the modern world, so to speak, you know, in terms of getting rid of it. So think about the cleaning solutions that you use, your personal care products. Those are really critical to try to get organic, natural. And there's, you know, there's become very popular, right? So it's trending now using natural products on your skin, on your hair, in your home. So, you know, that's what you want to do. So those are some of the really key things to help. And then, of course, we want to include exercise. We want to have love and purpose in life because it's amazing what positive thinking can do. So it's really, I always want to leave every time I talk about it with a message of tremendous hope. Because when we talk about the symptoms and what women with PCOS have to endure and and all the different organ systems that are affected, it really is a big downer. I get it, you know, because I live through it and I see it every single day. But there, I cannot tell you how amazing when you do lifestyle changes. And then, you know, there's a whole group of core supplements that I include. And when you do timed eating, organic food, core supplementation, all these other lifestyle you know, types of habits that you can incorporate, almost every woman will within a year, I have to, you know, that's not like a minute, but within a year will start having quite regular cycles. I've had patients who couldn't get pregnant with IVF 
and then they got spontaneously naturally pregnant. And even if they have to have IVF, because we can't guarantee everyone is going to be reversed, but they will have more successful IVF because women with PCOS have very low success rates, sad to say, with IVF. And then they have high pregnancy complication rates. So even if you do need assisted reproductive technology, your chances of being successful and having an uncomplicated pregnancy will be so increased by doing these lifestyle measures first. That's what I included in my fertility fast track. It's a 12-week, step-by-step, week-by-week program to help women to very quickly improve their chances of being fertile and having uncomplicated pregnancies and healthy babies very quickly. Because I know when people want a baby, they want a baby now. But I say, step back, just give me three months, just even three months to make a big difference in your underlying health, because it's going to matter for the life of your baby for the entire life of your child. So you have to be healthy before you conceive. You know, we have to just make this like the mantra, healthy women make healthy babies. Yes, and uh, thank you for that comprehensive overview. And I love holistic treatment of PCOS because it's so amenable to that approach because the causes are organically in our body and because of the inputs and outputs. So toxic inputs, not enough nutritional inputs or assets into the body, and then it creates this imbalance. But my simplified philosophy of creating health is bad stuff out, good stuff in, <laughs> balance everything, right? And so I love it. what you're getting at really is that approach. And anybody listening, if you are suffering with PCOS or maybe you have a friend or family member who is, Dr. Gersh's book is an excellent resource, very comprehensive, easy to follow, extremely detailed. That's one of the things I love about it. She doesn't just tell you take this supplement and this milligram. She tells you brand and where to get it because I find that a lot of people are get confused when they get information that's incomplete about how to heal something. So a comprehensive approach really does work. And like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. This wasn't created overnight. It's not going to fix overnight. And it really does take a consistent effort to make changes. Lifestyle changes are some of the hardest changes that we make because we're so tied to our habits and really being able to withstand the discomfort of looking at how you live your life and making changes in, for instance, eating two thirds of your calories at breakfast. I always ask patients, well, patients ask me, well, what do I eat for breakfast? Because I take away all their carbs. And I say, well, eat dinner for breakfast. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say, anything you would eat for dinner, eat for breakfast. And they say, what are you saying? Yes. Yeah. So that's something that is culturally against the grain. And usually for most of us personally, we have a lot of resistance. But once you accept it and you make these changes and you see how your health benefits, then you you'll become a proponent of eating dinner for breakfast too. And you'll tell all your friends. Absolutely. I can think of one of my favorite patients with very severe PCOS and it just clicked in her that she was going to make the necessary changes. She got a personal trainer. She worked out every morning and she created what she called. And now I actually advocate for the breakfast salad. And I like to use meal instead of breakfast. It's breakfast has such terrible connotations for muffins and French toast and, right. you know, syrup and, you know, things that are not ever, you know, on the palate for any of my patients. So she had this giant breakfast salad. So it's like a serving bowl that would feed a family of four. Okay. So it was like a bowl, a serving bowl of salad. And in it, she would put all kinds of beans, gabonzo beans and pinto beans and all these things. And then she had all kinds of vegetables and, you know, cooked vegetables that then were cold and she threw them in. She would cut up little pieces of fruit. So it was like an unbelievable fest of antioxidants and polyphenols, all different colors of the rainbow. And you can imagine how hard it is to eat such a gigantic bowl of vegetables and fruit, but she did it every morning. And then she had an early dinner and she didn't snack and she wasn't hungry. It was, it's, it's actually when you get people to eat like that, it's really hard to eat that much food. You'd be surprised. It, it's so filling and the amount of fiber that she would have root roasted like carrots and root vegetables in there. And over the course of one year, and this is now like three years ago, 
she lost 70 pounds. She was able to get accepted into a police force that she wanted to get a job, but she wouldn't qualify because of weight. You know, there are certain jobs that literally you cannot get the job if you don't meet physical fitness requirements and weight restrictions. And so she couldn't get the job she wanted. And then after doing this, she got a job with the police department in the city she wanted to live. And she's gotten amazing promotions. And she's lost even more weight since then. And so she's lost almost 100 pounds. And it, her whole life has changed. And it's just unbelievable. When you are determined, I can tell you the results are phenomenal. And her periods, which were coming incredibly infrequently, like three, four a year, now they're coming every single month. This can be you. This really can be you. I have seen it multiple times and it's just so rewarding. And there was not, there were no drugs involved, no drugs at all. Some supplements, targeted supplements, all lifestyle and it's doable. We just have to get rid of, like like you said, all those preconceptions of what we should eat, when we should eat it, you know, all these things, you know, you have to stand on your own, you know, and I say, I'm an outlier. Everyone should be an outlier because look at mainstream has done. You don't want to be in the mainstream. Right. It has taken us down the wrong path. So, you know, it is really amazing what can be done. Yeah. You don't want to be in the mainstream because mainstream health is not healthy. You want to be an outlier. Thank you so much, Dr. Gersh, for sharing your expertise, your experience and your passion. And please let people know how they can learn more about the tools that you offer. Sure. Well, I have my own brick and mortar practice in Irvine, California. That's Orange County, California. And so I see patients all the time. I do lectures around the country. And if you go to my website, that's integrativemgi.com. We try to list, you know, where I'll be. And we often have some different offers and so on that if you come to the website and sign up, sometimes we put out interesting newsletters and I'm putting out more and more on Instagram. I'm trying to get on social media. So I'd love for people to follow me on Instagram and it's dr period Felice Gersh. So it's doctor with a little period Felice Gersh. So I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram and my books are available on Amazon. Fabulous. Thank you so much. The name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. And I'd love it if you could share with everyone listening what that means to you. When I hear the title of your podcast, I think of so many different levels. I think of light and shining and that finding the right path and that following the light to get to health and brilliance so has so many different meanings. So you're using all of your intuition and you're following the light to optimize health. It's the most beautiful title I have ever heard. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, post it on your social media and tag me, I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.